all of you would fill out the Connect card uh, that you were handed when you came in the door this morning. Go ahead and put that in the offering basket after the message. Uh, I would love, especially if you are newer to the church, to invite you to a meet and greet just to have you hear a little bit about my story, a little bit about how that dovetails with who we are as a church, what we're all about, and how you might take your next steps in your relationship with God here. Uh, so if you started coming to New Stanton Church during the last series, uh, we did the Life App series from Andy Stanley, uh, you kind of missed the tough questions that we were looking at in the messages right before. I had picked some, some questions that Jesus asks people around him that build their faith and challenge them. And for the second week in a row, we're actually finishing a series because there was one more question that I had picked out that I want to look at this morning. In the previous messages, we looked at questions that Jesus asked, like, why are you so afraid? Do you believe that I can really do this? And do you want to be well? And the question for this morning that Jesus asked is, why do you doubt? It's a good question. Why do doubts come up in our heart? What What do you do when you have that crisis of faith in life? Why do those doubts and fears sneak into what is otherwise a healthy, good relationship with God? Well, what makes us question his goodness or that all things really will work out for our good? I I suppose some of you might say, you know what, I just don't wrestle with stuff like that. I'm a person that has been gifted with an extreme measure of faith, and if the Bible says it, I just believe it, and I don't waver from that at all. And if that's you, God bless you. Uh, You can kind of sit and say, yes, amen, this morning. Um, But for many people, it's just not not that easy. Uh, You might be one of those types of people who says, you know what, I really want to have faith, I want to trust. I, I don't want to ha- have those doubts creep into my spirit, creep into my mind. But mm, I'm just, I'm just a realist, or I, I'm just too analytical for that. You know, I need facts and I need some proof, and then I might need to actually see some evidence, and then, then, yeah, I'm still gonna wrestle because I'm just not someone who trusts. And believes easily. Personally, I've I've always been like somebody that trusts easily. Uh, I believe the best in people. I believe the best about God's intent. And e- even my mother, growing up, was kind of like, I don't know that you're like foolish with that, <laughs> but I've never seen somebody that has that amount of faith and trust that things are going to just work out because God said it. And that's just kind of who I am. I, I've, oh, I've wrestled. You know, I've watched loved ones like my wife in pain and wondered, you know, why, God? What's, what's up with that? But I have never, like, turned my back or doubted that God was there. He, he, he has always been my hope and my faith and my trust. I think one of the thoughts that has kept me grounded there is that, if there's no God, if he isn't going to redeem all the pain, all the drama in life, 
know it's there. <laughs> uh, we all know the, the wrestlings that everyone, that if there is no God, then all that pain, all that drama, it just is. There's no point to it. There's no purpose for it. There's no hope of it ever being redeemed. And that just seems kind of hopeless to me. So I believe that God has a plan and that he's going to work all things out for the good. Even if I can't see it now, it'll happen eventually. But doubt comes. And honestly, that that trait has worked to my detriment over the years, being so trusting, because you get you get burned. If you were here a couple weeks ago, you you lend people money that, that you never get back. Um, but I think it's possible for the kingdom of God to be seen on earth, even as it is in heaven. And I think in that hope, I think as you get older, you get a little wiser, uh, maybe not more cynical, but maybe more discerning, and you still hope, but you get a little bit more realistic. Doubts doubts come, I think, in as many forms and as many shapes as there are people. Some people just doubt even the existence of God. Uh, they, they think that he can't exist. Look at all the pain. Look at all the suffering around you. And they think those of us who believe in Jesus have been duped somehow by some Christian conspiracy to control the masses of people. Others might believe that, well, there's a higher power, but a God who can actually hear and answer your prayers and is intimate and loves you? Maybe they've even tried God. Didn't get the answer they were looking for, so God can't some people doubt that God actually loves them. Yeah, oh yeah, he's out there, and I'm sure there's some good people around that, that God loves someplace. But huh, if you knew what I did, I, I just have trouble believing that God can love someone like me. And I, I even know a few people, and maybe you do too, that used to believe in God, and then they got hurt by Christians or hurt by a pastor, or hurt by some other believer, and they said, you know what? If that's what Christians are like, if, they, if that's what God's people are really like, I'm just not interested. They're a bunch of hypocrites. Doubts come in all different kinds of shapes and sizes. Now, for those of you who might not be a normal, regular churchgoer, I want to let you in on a little secret. And a lead pastor, the first pastor that I ever worked with, he, he liked to say it this way. Sheep bite. Sheep sometimes bite. And they can imply when other people have doubts or when other people admit their doubts that, you know, you just, you're just not living the Christian life the way you should. You do, you're not a true believer. And they can make you feel Sometimes. 
today is actually kind of take the opposite perspective of doubting. You see, I, I don't think that, that doubting really means your faith is on the way out. I think if we honestly doubt, if we honestly ask, if we honestly speak with God about these things, that your faith can actually become deeper. And that unless you really wrestle with some important questions, your faith may, might not be as deep as God wants it to be. So this morning, we are going to look at like the one person in the Bible that whenever you talk about doubting, his name comes up. And you probably know who it is. We're going to look at doubting. Oh, let's see. I promised us that, Pastor Whitney. I mean, he's only mentioned in 12 verses in the entire Bible. But in those 12 verses, this man was branded for the rest of time as doubting Thomas. But what if Thomas's doubts took him What if his questions really didn't mean his faith was anything but growing? See, I believe that the biggest doubter can actually have the strongest faith. So we're going to start in Luke chapter 24, 36 through 37. Uh, You can look on the screen or you can open your Bibles. That's Luke 24, 36 through 37. I want to set the scene a little bit here. Um, Jesus has already been raised from the dead, so he is alive, but not many people have seen him yet, and he, he came and he appeared to two people who were walking on the road to Emmaus. They were actually leaving Jerusalem. They had thought Jesus was the Messiah. They had put their faith in him, but Jesus is now dead, so they're heading the opposite direction, and suddenly... Jesus shows up beside them, and they know why. Their hearts, they say, are like on fire. They they invite him to dinner, and as Jesus breaks bread, they're like, it's Jesus, and he disappears. They run back to Jerusalem to tell the disciples, verse 36, And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Jesus like hops in and out. It's not that Jesus was a faster runner than they were. You know, he he's he's spirit, he's body, he's he's there. Peace be with you, they say. But the whole group, including the two that already had seen him, but the whole group were startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing. A ghost, because when somebody just hops into your midst, you're not spooked. So Jesus shows up and he says, peace be with you. And all of the Catholics in the room said, and also with you. That's right. Well, they didn't really say that. Um, Because the disciples, the disciples were just afraid. They were scared. Jesus was dead. They saw him Imagine seeing someone that you loved at the funeral home. Then the next day, in the kitchen, at the table, they're sitting there, and you wake up and they say, 
He's original to you, isn't he? They're not sure. They, they just saw Jesus die, and now he's there. Verse Luke 24, 38 and 39, as we continue reading. Jesus says, why are you frightened? Come on, man. Why, why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? That's the question for this morning. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. Jesus says, touch me and see. How many would have passed? Anybody Anybody were like, no, no, I'm thinking no. You know, and Jesus says, touch me. Get, but it's like, <laughs> they just saw him die. Touch me and see. But what's interesting here is, Who's not in the room, right? We, we all know this. You know the story, you know this. But Thomas is not in the room with the other disciples. So Thomas is officially the first guy who has ever missed church. And when you miss church, you miss things. And Thomas missed seeing Jesus. So if, if you've never, if you haven't been here for a while and you showed up, there's a lot of things. You miss stuff. Like there's a building out there. Um, th- there's a lot of things going on out there. There's a lot of things going on in here. I mean, you, you miss church for a while, and God shows up, and it's like, whoa, Thomas ain't there. He missed seeing Jesus Christ dead. But the others, the others told him about it. Hey, we saw Jesus. He was here. He was in the room. He's alive. But Thomas says this, and, and I admire his, his honesty. Unless I see the nails in his hands. Unless I put my fingers where the nails were. That's bold. And unless I put my hand into his side where that guy drove that spear, because I saw it. I saw him do it. Unless I see that, I'm not going to believe it. Unless I see something, unless I see Jesus, I don't know if I really believe this stuff. I, I, I want to believe. My mom and dad taught me to believe in this stuff. And, and is it true? Is Jesus really gone? Did he really come as a man in flesh? Did he, did he, really, did he really die or was he, did he just pass out or something? Did he, did he, ro- did he raise from the dead really? Because that's the story that the disciples were telling to him. If Jesus, the, if the guy that you just saw die three days ago, he's alive. He never sinned. He was blameless. And, and God counted his death as our death. And his resurrection means we're alive. And we were free from sin and death. He didn't What 
what did he say to us before he died? My answer to that question changes absolutely everything. See, you you can doubt and you can wrestle, but your answer to that question changes everything. Because if you decide, just look at Scripture, that the Christians through the centuries have given an honest witness to the events of life think Thomas was saying, you know, I want to believe that. And that's, some of you might be there this morning. You want to believe the story, but you just need something a little bit more. The neat thing is, Jesus knows the answers a little bit already. This is John chapter 20, verses 24 and 28. Again, you can look in your Bibles or follow along on the screen. It's the same story but yet a little bit of additional information. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, which means the twin, um, one of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came the first time. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands in his side, I will not believe. Verse 26. disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, here it is again, he walked through a door. People don't walk through doors. Jesus walks through a door and says, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop I don't want to miss stuff in church. Uh, and Jesus walked to the door. I assume just to make room for others. But he could have knocked if he wanted to. He says the same thing to his disciples again. And he goes right. He goes right to Thomas. Put your finger here. See my hand? R- reach out and put your hand in, in my side. Stop. What he had asked for. He he didn't scold him for his unbelief. He he didn't tell him he was off the disciple list now because he doubted. He he gave him what he needed and said, Stop doubting and believe. What what if Jesus brought you here this morning to give you what you need to believe? To to convince you, to show you even that he loves you. Maybe, like so many, you've you've drifted at some point in that faith that you're trying to 
Maybe you started doubting and you walked away. Maybe you went off to college and got caught up in some sinful lifestyle and just stopped going to church, stopped believing in God altogether. How, how many of you know that you can get caught up in a sinful lifestyle and, it, and it's fun for a while? A couple of you. Okay. Those of you who don't have your hands right, you either, you're either lying or you didn't do it right. Because it's true. But see, after that season is over, it's not so much fun anymore. You, you get caught up. You drift from God, and life just can get you a mess, right? And it's not a fun thing. And it, you can start to wonder, could God really forgive me? Could he really love me? Could, could I be right again with God? Maybe doesn't matter what you've done. I love you, and I died for all of it. You are forgiven. He said to Thomas that very thing. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God. He was convinced. That's when Thomas understood that Jesus was who he said he was and will always be who he said he was. I think that Jesus died. And if you remember all the disciples at the time, They didn't start out proclaiming this truth. He died, and they went into hiding. They went behind barbed wire. They, they started off on the road to Emmaus, but something changed. These fearful men came out of those barbed wires and walked their way Once Thomas got what he needed, Thomas traveled farther than any of the other disciples. He actually took the gospel all the way to India. And the people of India cornered him in a cave for one night. And they asked him to believe that he turned his back on Jesus. And he wouldn't. So they drove a spear through him. We pray that as we gather and as we wrestle, that you would that you would meet us in this place this morning. That you would give us what we need. Just like you did Thomas. God, you, you care about those doubts, you care about those wrestlings, and your your word says that those who seek, those who knock, will Help us to trust your love. Help, help us to trust that, that you really do care.
for us that they have plans for us and that they are good and whatever the drama and whatever the craziness of life is right now, because we love you, may you work it out for us. And if you're here this morning and you're, you've been walking with Jesus for a while and morning, if you're willing to say, you know what, Jesus told me to be baptized this week, and I want to do that. If you're willing to take a stand of baptism this morning, and not let that stop you, God, we pray for these brothers and sisters, that as they come back, as they hold on and taste and see the them to have a faith that is willing to move mountains, and that as they show people Jesus, that they would be able to show them that honest wrestling, because God, sometimes you just need us to be real with you. Give them that grace that the world may see. As we continue just just praying right now, every head bowed, every eye closed, there, there might be some here that Whether the story is true, just just runs around in your head. This this morning, if that's you, would you bound Jesus this morning? Maybe that's you. Would you want to draw near into